0: This evening, um, it's, it's my pleasure to be able to uh, in, invite Frank uh, in a moment to jump up. Frank has been inputting into what we call the Prophetic Hub, a number of people with a sense and an interest in the prophetic, just developing it. And I thought tonight would be a great night just to really talk around personal prophecy, and then we're just going to have a time of personal prophecy and an opening of that up. And so why don't you put your hands together and just invite Frank to jump on up. Come on up, mate. Thank you, Paul. Well, what a great night. Hey, eh? great night. Who's excited? Yeah. yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about what's going to happen tonight. And I'm, I'm asking the Lord for the spirit of prophecy to be released over this place tonight. And that some of you who've never prophesied before will prophesy tonight. You'll break that barrier. You'll step out and start prophesying. And I'm believing for great things to happen. So anyway, I want to tell you a little bit of a story before we start. (coughs) My wife, Jill, who's an absolutely amazing woman because she's married to me. So, you know, the reflection comes off me, onto her. But anyway, (laughs) many years ago, she used to say to me, "Um, I never get a personal prophecy. And I said, but I've prophesied to you a few times and she said no that's different she said i've never had a personal prophecy so anyway jan yaxley went up to her if you know jan yaxley and jan yaxley brought this prophetic word to my wife now my wife has held on to that prophetic word ever since then so we're talking 30 years ago and she can she can actually testify how that prophetic word has worked out in her life. So she's walked through hard times, she's walked through easy times, but she's continued to say, God, you said. She's prayed into it, she's just kept pressing on, and she's at that stage now in her life where she can look back and say, yes, God, you're faithful, right? Isn't that amazing what personal prophecy can do? So you know, you know that God's got a plan for you, and we know that through our life, God gives us a, us a glimpse of that plan, and he shows us what's in our future for that plan, and what he's going to require of us to achieve that plan. And his plan for us is progressive. So tonight, as Paul said, I'm talking about prophecy now I think about Paul, Saul, on the road, to, on the Damascus road, and he sort of had a sense. He was a he he'd, uh, got knocked off his donkey or whatever, but he knew God was up to something. Would be wouldn't be hard not to. What happened to him? Um, so he had a sense of the plan. He had a sense of the job that Jesus had for him. He had a prophetic understanding of what God wanted. And Saul applied himself to outwork the plan of God in his life. He lived his life with God's purpose in his heart. And an example of him having a glimpse of the next step on the plan that God had for him, or the next bit of his job, was confirmed in Acts chapter 21. So Paul knows through Revelation, so he's God talking to him, and he knows through Revelation that more hardships are coming, but he continues on. And he lands at Tyre, and he uh, spends time with the disciples there. And he says, I'm going to Jerusalem. And they say, no, you're not. <laughs> he says, I'm going to Jerusalem. And they try to talk him out of going to Jerusalem. And a prophet named Agabus turns up and he takes Paul's belt and he ties his own hands and feet with it and he says, the Holy Spirit says, in this way, the Jews of Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. So Agabus spoke a word of prophecy to the Apostle Paul that Paul, now listen to this, Paul evidently discerned and disregarded. And you see it first in verses 3 to 5. There we are told, when we had come in sight of Cyprus, leaving it on the left We sailed to Syria and landed at Tyre, for there the ship was to unload its cargo. And having sought out the disciples, we stayed there for seven days. Now, this next little bit is very important. And through the Spirit, they were telling Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. And it finishes on in verse 5. When our days there were ended, we departed and went on our journey. So apparently, in Tyre, there were a number of disciples who were prophetic, who spoke to Paul through the Spirit and told him, Don't go to Jerusalem. And Paul heard them and he went anyway. This is absolutely remarkable. It's significant because Paul simply disobeyed their words. Something he would not have done if he had thought that they were speaking the word of God. And it seems like Paul heard them talking to him as they perceived the Holy Spirit directing them and he took what was good and discarded the rest. He tested it. He discerned it. He didn't despise the prophecy, but neither did he make it authoritative in his life. So from the time of his conversion, Paul had a conviction of what he was to do, and at critical times, if you read, you will find He gets clear direction about troubles coming his way. Now, our lives are intended to be progressive. We move on, we move on, we move on. Moving forward day by day, God's plan for us unfolds as we live and we move forward. Though we can have a sense of what the end goal of his plan is, we have to move in God's time. Do it earlier, later, not going to work. Now, at times we can become frustrated, discouraged, and impatient as we wait for the fulfillment of a prophetic word. God doesn't seem to be in a hurry. What are you doing? (laughs) Been standing there for 10 years. You know, come on, God. But be assured He doesn't seem to be in a hurry, but be assured he is never, ever late. Mm. So we need to move in God's time. Please look at Paul's life. He didn't always get it right. One of the main purposes of personal prophecy is to confirm what the Lord has already told you. There is freedom in in recognizing the fact that prophecies are progressive. You don't have to worry about it. God said it. I believe it. I'll wait for it. And the thing is, they build on one another, and they start unfolding over time. And all of a sudden, you realize, oh, duh, duh, Frank. (laughs) You should have realized this back here. Now, prophecy will sometimes, as Paul said this morning, speak into impossible situations in our lives. And we have to receive the word of God by faith. We must believe our prophecies are coming to pass before we see them coming to pass. And we have to be obedient and willing to do whatever the Lord wants us to do to see that that word is going to come to pass in our lives. And as we believe, it's simple really, you believe and you do. You know? Then God reveals more. Right? It's like when you're teaching your kids. Getting so much, once they've picked it up, you show them another little bit. So if somebody receives a word or a prophecy about God's call in their lives, but isn't willing to prepare to fulfill that call, how can it come to pass? I want to remind you of one thing. Noah didn't wait until it began raining Before he started to build the ark. You know? And obedience shows that we are cooperating with God in our life to see his will accomplished. And we also need patience. Uh, Duncan Campbell, I think it was, when he was here, he said something, and I remember writing it down. He said, Prophetic is a seed. People expect a tree straight away. And I thought, wow, that's good. And Hebrews six verses twelve to fifteen shows the importance of patience. It says, by faith and patience we receive the promises of God. Impatience produces Ishmael. Wow. Patience produces Isaac. God's timing is different than ours. And if we can keep our attitude of faith and patience, we will inherit the promises of our prophecies. Now, sometimes, not that anyone in here would do this, I know that, but I'll say it because I want to say it. (laughs) Sometimes we don't receive a personal prophecy because it's not what we want to hear. Fair enough? Yeah. Because sometimes a prophecy can be adjusting. Sometimes it's going to need change. And so that's going to happen sometimes. But if we are moving in the prophetic, we've got to have the right heart and the motive for sharing a prophetic word with people. We We need to remember, if you're bringing a prophetic word to somebody that all you are is a vessel and you need a servant's heart and you need to have a servant's attitude because what we're doing is in fact we are making an offering of a prophetic word to a person. No haughtiness, no how great I am, no lording it over, There's something along these lines. This is what I believe God wants you to hear. Please do with it as you will. What a person does with the prophetic utterance or offering, that's their job. Yours is to give it without strings or judgments. Theirs is to weigh the word. So I'm going to move now into weighing the words. First one for me um, is test the source of the word, okay? I think Paul asked me something one day and I said to him, look, whenever anybody gives me a word or I hear somebody giving a word, I always ask, is there something in it for them? Is there something that's going to bring them recognition, bring them something you know, you know what I understand what I mean? Have they got something to gain personally that they can benefit from from the potential outcome of the word? Because if they've got a self-interest in the outcome of a word, it's hard to know, was this delivered in love? Because it needs to be delivered in love. When we first started the prophetic hub, the first night. We read 1 Corinthians 13, and I said, this is the foundation which we are going to build the prophetic in hope center on. Love. Because a personal, you know, if somebody, I don't care who they are. I don't care what their credentials are. If the word is delivered from any other motive than love, now... My team will know this. Two words, what are they? Flush it. Send it down where all the stuff goes when you go into the toilet. Flush it. A personal prophetic word has got the, the possibility of being a great blessing. It can help encourage you, it can help strengthen you, and it can help grow you. That is why it's so important In the church. Because it it does, it strengthens the people and it encourages the people. And when you've got encouraged people who are feeling strong and feeling good about who they are in Christ, you've got a church thing, make change, that can do things. It reveals to you that God has you personally on his heart. And it reminds you he's got a purpose in your life. And when somebody shares something that nobody else has got a clue, there's no chance that anybody knows. And somebody comes along and starts talking about your hopes and your dreams and the stuff only God will know, stuff you've been praying for for ages. It's a miracle. We need to remember that the Holy Spirit never discourages the people of God. True prophecy produces liberty, not bondage. True prophecy brings clarity, not confusion. So here's some other tests before we get into having some fun. (laughs) Right. One test I call the character test. Does the prophetic word or interpretation, reveal or reflect the character of Jesus. Does it sound like something God would say to you? Now, this is, these are generalizations. I know there are specifics when it can be different, but this is generally. The thing is, you see, he's, he's loving God. He's a kind God, and he's got a good outcome for your life, and he's got a purpose for all of us, and he wants to draw you in. He wants to bring you closer to him. And that's true even if the prophecy has a warning in it. A a prophetic word should show the fruit of the Spirit. Does the word lay lay out with the principles that are in the Bible? A prophecy should never go against what the Bible says. For example, a prophecy that you should leave your spouse Is wrong, or a prophecy that encourages you to commit sin is wrong. One John two twenty says, "But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth." So, does the the message or the prophecy sit well with your spirit, or does it make you feel uncomfortable, like you've had a bad curry? (laughs) is to give you a warning, check. Do you get a check? You don't have to receive a prophecy if it makes you feel uncomfortable. Personal prophecy could, as I've said, confirm what God's already said to you or be consistent in the way he's wired you. If the prophecy doesn't immediately bring confirmation. It might do over time, so it's all right to put it to one side and leave it for a while. Do not make a sudden change of direction in your life in response to a personal prophecy. If you feel uh, uh, like you want, somebody comes and prophesies something over you that's going to be a major change in your life, could I encourage you take that message to another person, uh, another Christian who knows you well, or bring it to the leadership because that's where leadership ties in with this. So you ask, would my church leadership be happy with this prophecy? There's so many, I mean... The prophetic's a bit like the Wild West, to be honest, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, submitting your prophecy to your leaders, along with how you feel about it, what you're thinking, is a wise way to check the prophetic guidance you've been given. Having another opinion from a mature Christian who knows you can help. Have a cook 2, Verse 3 says, For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. You won't know whether some prophetic words have been uh, from God until you've given them time to be fulfilled. Next question. Do you know the person prophesying? And are they known to the church leaders? Or are they recognized in the wider church for their gifting? Don't accept the personal prophecy from just anyone. Jesus said that some people would prophesy in his name, but not actually know him. He also said, watch out for false prophets. And and that you could tell them by their fruit, which is their character and what their lives are producing. If the person who is giving you the prophecy is unknown to you or your church leaders and is not submitted to leadership, no one has got any right to be going around giving prophetic words if they're not submitted to somebody. Or whose life doesn't reflect the character of Christ, don't just accept the word outright. Don't be impressed with natural charisma or even giftedness. Watch for character and integrity. Be wary of prophecy that is flattering or that attracts you to the person prophesying rather than taking you closer to Jesus. And when it comes to personal prophecy, as I said earlier, it's okay to eat the meat and spit out the bones. And I can encourage you to exercise wisdom and discernment. And i that's sort of the end of the teaching. But I also had a couple of little things that uh, came to me earlier. I wrote them down. Because I think... What I want to say to the body, what I want to say to... Hope Center Church here now is if we're going to start stepping into this stuff that God's calling us to, the thrill of the unknown has to overcome the comfort of the known. The thrill of the unknown has to overcome the comfort of the known. And to finish you off, God doesn't stir you in an area if he's not calling you into it.